0: Today's message is, is verse 9. I am going to reference um, the, verse 1, and I'll actually start there. I'll read verse 1 first and we'll flip down to verse 9 of Hebrews 6. It says this, Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works, and of faith toward God, of instruction about washings, and laying on of hands, and the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment." So, so the writer of this book is, is uh, encouraging his re- uh, readers and recipients, let's move on from, from elementary things and push forward to a place of maturity. And he goes on in verse 9, and it says this, "'But, beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you, And things that accompany salvation, though we are speaking in this way. And that phrase, accompany salvation, will be uh, the premise of this message. And I I really hope that what you hear today and what you read through the passages or the verses that we read would would powerfully take root in your heart because this idea of deeper, wider, and higher is really to push us, to encourage us to experience the things of God and the things that He has for us in life in a greater depth. That we, we have an experience in our family, we have an experience in our careers, we have an experience in life But oftentimes that experience is elementary. It's shallow. And today I want to push us into the deeper waters. I I, I want to encourage us to climb to the higher peaks. I want to encourage us to roam a broader horizon of experience before God because there is so much more that God can do, there is so much more that God has. You can fill in the blanks in your sermon cards. As a general imagery, what I want to say is this, about our relationship to God or the type of relationship that He wants to have with us. It's this, that God doesn't want to date us, He wants to marry us. And I hope you can understand what the imagery is trying to get at. That God is okay with small talk and kind of getting to know you, but He wants so much more. That he's okay with cordialness and kind of always being neat and tidy, presentable, but he wants rawness, realness. That the type of relationship that God wants with us is not just a get to know you basis, let's see where this goes. What God wants with us is true intimacy. He wants our relationship to go to the realms and the depths of accountability and emotional connection, spiritual connection that are far beyond dating, that are far beyond just feelers and just kind of figuring it out and kind of trying to get to know you and just some stuff that might be on the surface. God wants to dive deep with us. And the type of relationship that He wants is that. He wants the oneness of marriage with us. And I hope that that imagery will kind of carry forward in this message with us. I'm going to share a couple of things. Now through the message, I I want to first, hopefully, stimulate your mind to say, you want more. That I want more. Now, whether it's first, I want more in my faith with God, it starts there hopefully. Hopefully. But hopefully it also branches outward. I I, I want more in my expression of faith. I want more in my worship to God. I want more in my family. I want more in my career relationships. And so the first aspect of this message is to really touch upon that aspect of encouraging you to expect more as you follow God. That expectation. Doesn't that lead us? I mean, in a sense, we go to the place where we have an expectation. That if I'm expecting to meet someone at a particular coffee shop, my body tends to go there, right? And so when you lead with the mind, when you allow your mind to go to a place where you want more, where you know that you need more, it's a good precursor. And so first, I I, want to say expect more. I want to say in our life, in the things that we do, that we ought to expect more. And why do I say that? Because I think at least as I look introspectively, too often I'm satisfied with a shallow experience, right? I'm satisfied with that. Now, let me show you a picture. This is a picture of the two of us, like me and Jake, when we were in Hawaii some years ago. I was officiating a wedding over there. And so we we took a trip. And you know, you think about Hawaii and people think about the beach and all that. This was just this random remote beach that we were at and we decided to wade into the water. But I'll tell you, this is about my experience with the beach water. It doesn't matter where I go. I could be in, in Laguna. I can be in Hawaii. I can be anywhere. This is about how far I want to go in the water when I go to the beach. This is it right here, right? Maybe it's because, I, I mean, I have a, like maybe a slight to severe fear, fear of drowning, right? we somewhere in, in that spectrum, right? Well, when I was in junior high, I remember going to, I think it was Huntington Beach, and we were like body surfing, and I just remember being like surprised that the current carried me out that far. And you know the moment of shock where like your, your heart races? And it kind of paralyzed me a bit, and I felt as though... I, I had no strength to swim anymore and I I was like nobody around me and like I'm going to drown and I'm only a teenager, a budding teenager here. And the only thing that I felt saved my life was this buoy that I was hanging on to just regain composure a little bit. And I think it started there and I think it developed when we were like swimming with friends in high school and one of these guys, one of my friends scissor locked me in the pool. Have you ever been scissor-locked in the pool, like just kind of messing around? And like, I'm like drowning in here. Like, and so I'm like adamant when the boys like, don't pull on each other, right? Whenever we go into a pool. And so this is my experience when I go to the ocean. Unless somebody throws me in, this is as far as I'm going, right? This is as far as I'm going. And I know what I'm giving up. I know that this is a shallow experience. And I choose to be content with this. I mean, I have National Geographic and ocean photographers telling me that there's so much more in the ocean. That if I was willing to venture out and put on a scuba mask in a tank, if I was willing to get on a boat and jump into the deeper waters, if I was willing to go to a reef and really explore, I know that there's so much more out there to see and touch and feel and experience But my experience is like knee deep. That's like, hey, that's enough for me. I mean, there's stuff down there that can bite me that I don't like. I mean, I'm afraid that something's going to nibble on me down there, right? And so I choose to say, you know what? That's it for me. This shall, I'm good right here. But if I could only get beyond that and experience so much more. Now, uh, with a certain amount of pride, I can say that in another realm, I've experienced more. Like, may not be in the ocean water, but, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, I I went skydiving. Like, this was exhilarating, right? Like, uh, uh, Jenny's cousin came from Korea. The one thing he wanted to do was go skydiving. And the one thing that I never would do was go skydiving. And he had no one else to go with. And, like, he was asking me, right? You know, would you go with me? And, like, I was kind of deferring it until like, you know, we're going to drive him down to San Diego. And that morning that we were driving him down, I decided, okay, I'll I'll jump with you. Right. He's like, yeah. Right. And so, you know, we get the instruction. We get up on this little plane and we're just kind of flying like a dozen of us. And of course, on your first time, you got to jump tandem like this. My guy instructor, his his name was uh, John Blue. And uh, you you just fly up these thousands of feet and it gets kind of chilly up there. The temperature definitely does drop. But it was a beautiful day. A beautiful day, right? And I, I remember kind of shimming down to the door of, of, of the plane and we're like, right there, like, oh my Lord, I'm about to do this, right? And like, okay, just go for it. Like, you jump, you're like, ah! And the only thing I could do was scream. Like, this was my facial expression the entire way down, I promise you. I was just screaming my head off, right? And uh, I, I tell you, like, the horizon looked definitely different. And... I, I, I mean, I puked. <laughs> Not in the air, but after I got down, I did puke. I, I don't think I'll do it again, but I, I really enjoyed the experience of it this time, right? But I tell you, the ability to get over fear and to experience something at a new depth, at a new height, in a broader way, that these are experiences that we will keep with us. But we need to get beyond that initial, that initial space. This was the problem that the writer of Hebrews was addressing to the Christians there. And he he was telling them, don't be content with shallow experiences. he's He's adamant about it. He's saying, don't be content. Don't stop there. There's so much more, right? Don't stop. And as I mentioned in verse 1, they were hung up. They were hung up on elementary things. Things like repentance. Things like, you know, is there eternal judgment? The resurrection from the dead. Washing in instructions. That They were hung up on these things. And they, they couldn't go beyond those teachings. and It, it reminds me of my like, youth pastoring days. You know, like those students that come up every altar call, like every summer camp, right? We're, like, were you one of those kids that came up every altar call? And you're in that shallow cycle. What is it, right? Like, I've sinned. God doesn't love me. Someone reminded me that God loves me, and so I repent. I sinned, and God doesn't love me. And someone reminds me that God loves me, so I repent, and um, I feel close, and I sin. And you're in this cycle of just repentance and constantly figuring out, does God love me? Does He accept me? Okay, He does. And you go closer, but you fall away and you feel like you're distant and He doesn't love you. Right? This is the cycle that some of these Christians were going through. They were constantly caught up in this idea of repentance. And they couldn't get beyond that. They always felt as though they fell short and they couldn't please God and they're repenting and figuring things out and that's it for them. Their Christian experience was, does God love me? He loves me. Does God love me? He loves me. And it was just this. What's the proper way to wash ourselves? Is there really an eternal judgment? And they were fixated on these teachings and they couldn't get beyond it. So every time they gathered, this is the discussion. They didn't get beyond that. And so the writers kind of like... If you only knew, if you only knew to get beyond the shallow waters of the shore, that there is so much more to believing in God. That if you could get beyond the cycle of repentance and get to the place of sanctification and the fullness of the Spirit, you will know that there is so much more. And this is what he's writing. You're getting hung up. You're a 20 year old in elementary. Something's wrong with this picture. That where you are in faith, you should be far beyond this. Let's press on out of the elementary things and move on. Press forward to maturity, he's saying. Experience all that God has. Because there's so much more. You know, let me give you some other examples. Like, let's say somebody buys a home. Like, like, Oh, sorry, why did it go so quickly? Somebody buys a home, right? There is so much more to home ownership than holding the title to a home and having a set of keys, isn't there? Like, great, I got a home and like, this is it. <laughs> like, oh, welcome, welcome. There's so much more to this. The family that you raise in here. The belongings and the furniture that you fill it with. The guests that you welcome with, within its walls. The memories that you make. That home ownership is so much more than the deed, than the keys. It's the life that we fill it with. And in a sense, in this analogy, the Hebrew Christians, they were content with just having the title. Having the keys. I got it. Right? I know Jesus. That's good enough. But which one of us would buy a home and leave it like this? And say, "I'm, I'm a homeowner. None of us. Because there's so much more giving birth to a child. That any two people can come together, not any two people, but you get what I mean, right? (laughs) Two people can come together, conceive and give birth to a child. But there is so much more to parenting than conception and delivery. Just because I got a birth certificate with my name on it and the child's name on it, that's not parenting. There is so much more to life and child rearing than this. The teaching, the guidance, the love, the sacrifice, the sleepless nights, the memories, the love given and received. that These are the moments that make parenting significant and meaningful, not just bringing a life into the world. Jesus had a conversation with some folks early on in His ministry. People were just getting to know who He was and His teaching style and content. And Jesus looked upon the multitudes with compassion. He looked upon them and his heart, in a sense, broke. Why? Because he saw a multitude of people that were so gifted, so talented. He saw so much potential in all of the folks that were before him. But he saw that they were fixated on the wrong things, he saw that they were fixated upon shallow experiences. He looked at every one of them and he says, Hey, don't worry about your life. What You're going to eat or drink or wear. I know you're flipping through the magazines and saying, I wish I could dress like that. I know you're looking at what everybody else is eating and saying, I wish I could eat like that. But there is so much more to your life and the life that God wants for you than fixating on clothes and food and drink. Life is so much more. Look at birds. Oh, God feeds those. How much more does He want to feed you? Look at grass. It's arrayed so beautifully. Not even King Solomon was better looking than that. And I tell you, this that is here today, tomorrow burned. I tell you, you are so much more important. And He says, seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness. And I know you need these and God wants you to have them. And He'll give those other things to you. But you got to have a major shift first. You got to stop fixating on the shallow things and know that you want to experience the deeper waters of God. And once you do that, that experience of the shallow waters is encompassed with the deep water experience. When you get there, you will actually also have this experience as well. Right? So you're not forgoing this, but by getting there, this comes along for the ride. And He's admonishing them. He's saying, so much more, and it brings me to the phrase of our verse, right? Accompany salvation. I mean, think about this for a second. Like, there's salvation, and it's the main dish, of course. It's the it's the reason uh, why I repent. Salvation, right? But this main dish comes with some very savory sides that I must not overlook. That there are things that come with salvation. And we can't get stuck only in repentance. And that word accompany, that word if you go back to the original language, this is talking about to have, hold, or possess. That's what that means, accompany. And so the things that salvation has, holds, or possesses. Salvation. So salvation kind of has like other things that come with it. Okay, other possessions that come with it, right? And the imagery of this have, hold, or possess is external things, property, riches, furniture, utensils, goods, food. Right? And so it's pointing people to the fact that when you believe in Jesus and have salvation rooted in your life, there is so much more that accompanies that experience. Don't short it. Don't short-sight it. Don't shortchange it. There is so much more. Don't Stop know that there's more to experiencing God than just that. You know, this reminds me of a psalm, right? Psalm 37, four, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you your desires. the Things that percolate inside. The things that arouse you. The things that get you stimulated and just kind of excited about life. That if we will delight in God, that if first things truly come first, that if we will allow that faith in God to take root in our lives, know that there is so much more to experience. That Know that the, the things that God wants to give to us is so much more vast. That we must move our hearts and our minds towards deeper places. It starts, I believe, with expectation. Expect more as you follow God. As a lover of Jesus but after you expect more know that that's just kind of like the the beginning part and that leads me to the second experience experience that that more that you expect allow that to become a reality in your life because there is a line between expectation and experience isn't there just because you expect it it's not be- you don't naturally just all of a sudden experience it that there's 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 a there's a a line or like a chasm even that you need to cross to get from expectation to experience. Everybody wants it, right? Everybody wants a a satisfying and full career. Everybody wants a a great family or a marriage. Everybody wants a a full life of faith and and worship. Everybody wants these things and expects them even sometimes in their lives. But to actually experience that fullness, there's, there's a chasm. There's a place that needs to be crossed. And I think sometimes our initial experience is what deters us, right? Have you ever tried to take like, uh, that swim and that you couldn't get beyond that first cold plunge? Like, you know what I mean, right? Like, oh, like you dip your toe and like, oh, I don't know if I want to swim today, right? But have you ever gone past that and you actually jumped right in and then you actually had a great time, right? Absolutely, we've probably all experienced that. And so that initial cold experience, I think at times is what deters us from actually going deeper. It's the relationship that didn't really go into the deeper realms of intimacy because we couldn't get beyond a bad experience. We couldn't get beyond a failed expectation. And it's that first initial experience and kind of deterred us from going into the deeper waters with this thing. And so we moved away from it. We abandoned it. Right? It's the job or career that we let go of too early. Because we couldn't get beyond that initial learning curve. like That sacrifice that it took to just kind of get over there and build some momentum, get some inertia going, right? We couldn't get beyond it, so, you know, it's that first experience. like, oh, man. And we know that there's so much more, but we forgo it. It's the life of faith, the full life of faith, that we know can be out there. But we cannot get beyond the initial denying of self, the taking up of a cross. And if I can get beyond the hardship, the pushback of that cold plunge, and we, we, we go in, you know, we're we, we steady, and we push forward, We get beyond the shallowness, the elementary things. And if we can push forward, there's this space that's so precious. It's so full. You know, God has been doing uh, like a real good thing in my heart Uh, through a time of prayer just a couple of weeks ago. God was pushing some buttons that were very difficult in my heart. And it had to do with the reins and the glory of this church. And so much of what was struggling in in my inner self was attaching my sense of success to the church. To how it was, to where it was going, to its future, to its health, to its growth. And I attached so much to that and God was pointing that out in me through various experiences over the past few months, certain things were coming to light, how I wasn't able to let certain things go, and God, pushing those buttons, brought me to a place where He was saying, let it go! Let it down! He was saying. And with difficulty, it was as if I was Abraham, and God was saying, take your young son, who you love, and bring him to a space that I will show you. And there, I want you to sacrifice him and give him to me. And it was the moment of that type of letting go and sacrifice. And I remember sharing this with Jenny and being in tears. She was crying too, (laughs) as, as we were sharing. But it was a significant place in my heart, a crossing of a threshold. And I'll tell you, there is so much peace and lightheartedness because of what happened that morning about two and a half weeks ago, right? And a a sense of freedom and courage and boldness, a sense of trust. And I feel as though like, you know that first sequence of pictures of me like in the shallow waters and then that deep water experience? I feel like I'm swimming in the core. like, whoa, this is great, right? Like, this is wonderful. How come I didn't get here before? Why was I so content with the shallow waters of that type of pastoral experience? This is much better down here. This is what I want. And I share that to say to you, what shallow experiences have you been content with? In your faith with God, in the leading of your life or family or career, that God the Father of lights, who gives every good and perfect gift, who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and some would say the hills themselves. The God who owns it all, does it all, can speak it all into existence. This God that can give us so much, lead us to the places of bliss and promise. A place where from the Old Testament He would say, I give you a land flowing with milk and honey to a New Testament to say, there is a kingdom in front of you. A God that can do so much. Have I been content with a shallow experience? Have I been stuck in elementary things? Have I been at a place where, you know, I'm just kind of thinking about just, yeah, it's okay. This is kind of what just what you do as a Christian. And you're in that shallow cycle of thinking about what is permissible. Can I do this as a Christian? Should I not do this as a Christian? But I can't get beyond that cycle of what is permissible and get to a space where I'm truly living for a glory that is beyond mine and I've understood what it means to seek first God's kingdom and I've been taught and experienced what it means to delight in the Lord and when I get to that space of delight, of kingdom first mindset, when I get to there, those deep waters the shallow stuff, the desires, right? the the shallow stuff of eating and drinking and wearing That those, God says, I know you need that. I'm ready to give you all of that, but I want you to experience more. And so this Sunday, I want to spur you on to that. I want to encourage you to say, you know what? I I want to push to deeper waters. I want to climb to higher heights in faith. I want to roam broader territory and understand the vastness of God's creation and what He has called me to do on this green earth. And I hope it pushes you that way. But if you're caught in the cycle of just making money and just kind of getting by, living month to month and just kind of figuring things out, going from one place to another, one, one person to another. And if this is the cycle and all you're seeing is this small little space, I want to encourage you to step back. Don't miss the forest for the trees. Don't miss the shore and allow that to just kind of be everything that you see and miss the ocean that's in front of you. As the praise team comes back, I want to finish off with just two things. First is kind of summed up in John 3.30. This was the statement that John the Baptist made. And as John the Baptist thought about his ministry, the cousin, the elder cousin of Jesus, right? As he thought about his ministry and what his cousin Jesus would do, this is the statement that he said. He must increase and I must decrease, he said. That verse, John 3.30, is something that I pray every week before I come up to speak. I'm asking God, Today, Lord, more of you and less of me. More of you and less of me. You must increase and I must decrease. This is the first step to experiencing more in God. Understanding this, Allowing the presence and the fullness of Christ to increase in my life. That is that first initial step. And I I want to admonish you to to, to pray that daily. To express that before God. God, more of you in my life. I need more of you in my life. That's first. And fittingly on this Thanksgiving Sunday, it would be to say, rejoice. Always. Always. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus, First Thessalonians 5:16 through18. As this takes root, I think there are deeper waters for us, and I pray that you experience it. Amen. Amen.